breakfast, though, they had 18 months to learn how to make scrambled eggs, <laughs> and they have not. Hey, DCL Duo fans, just a quick note before we dive into tonight's episode. You might be thinking, didn't they already do an episode on their Disney Dream Cruise? And the answer is, yes, we did. We did a full trip report as the DCL Duo on that cruise. But uh, while we were on the cruise, we were there with Doug McKnight from Rope Drop Radio, and we could not resist recording a little bit of an episode with Doug. And so and so I wanted to bring you my conversation with Doug. Uh, we chatted once on the cruise and once after we got home about the cruise and uh, just think his perspective is great because he and Michelle had a few different experiences than we did on board. And so just great to have their perspective on that. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy it. Now on to the episode. Hey, everybody, it's Brian from the DCL Duo, and I've got with me Doug from Rope Drop Radio. We're going to do a little joint podcast here for a second. Hey, Doug. Hey, Brian. <laughs> so we are coming to you live, but recorded from Cabana 21, is it, on Castaway Key Family Beach, the grand cabana with a view of the Disney Dream parked out there. So Doug, what have you thought about the trip so far? It's good, but we got to talk about this cabana first because it is. So there's the regular family cabanas. This is over twice as big of the regular by a little bit. It's crazy big. Lots of room. Tons of room. <laughs> like the, the four of us in here, it feels a little, or five of us, it feels a little cavernous. It's almost a little ridiculous for us, but hey, it was the one available. So you book it and it's been great. I have all the Diet Coke I could ever drink. Yeah, I think they've restocked actually since we took a few. So, yes, we are uh, we are just getting over a power outage on Castaway Key, which is interesting. It means no soft serve ice cream and no sodas at the uh, at the Cookies Barbecue. But uh, yeah, uh, apparently a once in a lifetime event. <laughs> yeah, the cast member been here what fourteen, fifteen years. He's like never heard of it happening. The the Cabana guy that came in. So hey, our fridge is going again. The fans have started again. We're nice and cool in the shade of our cabana right now. Yeah, and it's been it's been a great cruise so far. We had a nail biter of an embarkation experience, just waiting for the uh, the testing to come back for our son. They had told us a half hour to forty five minutes, and it took over an hour, and so that was a bit of a a bit of a nail biter. But uh, Doug, what did you think about the embarkation experience? So they're real strict with arrival times, so don't get to the the port before that time. Although we had a one o'clock, which is the first. Time And so they actually let us in at about five tell. We were the very first car to pull into the parking garage because they had to like get in the little booth and be ready when we pulled up. So we were went through the first little screening thing. You show them one barcode. Then you go to the next place. You show them another barcode. They look at all your papers. And the lady said, I got a gold star for doing all my homework correctly. So that was good. And then we parked and then we walked over to the terminal, went through security, did the Disney check-in where they told me all about the app after we said we've used the app. It was like, have you ever used the app? Yep. Let me tell you about the app. So, and then we sat in the terminal for like an hour, which we were not expecting that they were behind the other yesterday. So yeah, we, we had a similar, we showed up at one Oh five ish for a one fifteen, and they spun us and we actually, we found a place to park. Security rolled by. We thought for sure we were going to get rolled uh, run off, but the uh, the security guard just asked if we were lost. And when we said no, we knew where we were going. He said, "Have a great day," and wandered off. So we had a pretty long wait 
in the terminal long line. And um, I will say it was interesting. We heard about people breezing through security uh, once they got in and and it was not, it was a pretty, pretty hefty line for us to wait. I also would say there were people boarding the ship last night. I saw someone as late as like 5.30. I don't know if you saw later than that, but I saw 5.30 people getting on. Yeah. We went to dinner at 5.35 and there are still people getting on and which is nuts. But I guess if you had one of the later port arrival times and had to have people test, you're adding an hour to that testing. Plus, I imagine the later you were, the longer it took to get your test results because they had to have gotten kind of backlogged, right? Yeah, that would have been stressful. I felt for you. Yeah, it, uh, they told us 30 to 45 minutes ended up taking an hour. We heard other people waiting longer. Uh, so definitely just, uh, I think someone before we arrived said, bring your patient's pants. So uh, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely what you needed to get on the boat. The show getting on, I thought was really fun. I, I don't see how they can continue that after COVID because if the ship's at capacity, I don't see how you can bring 10 families on at a time. Our drinks are here. Oh, our drinks are here. Yes, I, I don't see how they can continue to do that embarkation show with 10 families at a time once they get to full capacity, but it's a really nice little perk right now. And it's, you know, uh, it was great to see them doing that. What did you notice day one? What stood out for you uh, first night of the cruise? Well, it's, it's a little weird getting on the ship so late. Usually, you know, after you've done a few cruises, you figure out to get on early and eat lunch. But I mean, lunch was at two then and then, or like three, three thirty for you. So that, you know, it's just pre-dinner, then dinner and then post-dinner type of thing. So we ate lunch before we headed to the port. Then we had a few snacks. It was just, yeah. it was just different. And, um, seeing what is and isn't open but it looked like just about everything is open on the ship where when we were on royal there were certain venues closed and some other things but i feel like everything's available that you might want to be available on a cruise ship however the less theater shows um they're only showing beauty and the beast and they were doing it first night and third night but the first night, there were some technical issues, so we did not get to see Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, and they, it sounds like they might have stopped the first show midway through and then canceled the second. So it'll be interesting to see if their show is offered tonight. I don't know if it was if it was on schedule tonight, or is tonight supposed to be a movie? Tonight is fireworks. Uh, so they were doing two different nights of fireworks. On this one, they're doing two sets of fireworks on the same night. So it's either 8.45 or 10.30. So depending on your dining seating, which is kind of a cool way to do it. And if you don't go to your dining, you could watch fireworks twice. There you go. Yeah. So uh, fireworks tonight. We'll see if Beauty and the Beast makes a return, I guess, tomorrow night. I agree. Everything seems to be open. The lunch situation yesterday was very different. We're usually on by like 11 and having lunch. And yesterday we had lunch at four o'clock and dinner at 5.55. So we ate from the lighter fare menu a little bit, uh, just to try and save some calories from yesterday's dining extravaganza. Did you guys go into the adult district last night? We didn't make it in there. Did you make it over there? No, we didn't. We kind of meandered around the ship after the show was canceled, looked through the gift shops, but uh, we didn't make a big effort to go out last night. We're staying very, very, very aft, basically the furthest aft room that you can have on the entire ship. And it definitely you feel more things there so i think that caught up with michelle a little bit and she was just done yeah we've we've stayed aft and after room's not on disney and they they can there's some vibration back there for sure there's <laughs> vibration from the propellers <laughs> yeah and in other blackout news on the island the wi-fi is finally back on so michelle is very excited oh the wi-fi is back yeah. we're getting indications the wi-fi is back so now sam's gonna try and rebook our son's kids club adventure so yeah 
but the shower remains unavailable. So yes, the, the island is slowly rebooting around us. Um, cabanas, you guys did the cabanas experience. I'm sure folks are interested in the, you know, the buffet experience right now. I think from a safety standpoint, works great. Grab a plate. They put your food on it for you. Offerings are limited. I think limited is the right word. It's not all there, but the most of the good stuff was there for lunch yesterday that we really weren't eating. We just had desserts and cabanas. And don't worry, the desserts are all there, which is key. Breakfast, though, they had 18 months to learn how to make scrambled eggs, <laughs> and they have not. Yeah, I agree. the the eggs were The eggs were a little lacking, a little well, as usual, I guess for the uh, for the cabanas experience. So Sam made it into the shops last night. It is a spirit jersey extravaganza on board Disney Cruise Line right now. So if you've ever wanted a spirit jersey, you've got your pick because Sam, I think, spotted, what, four or five different kinds of spirit jersey last night on board. So, yeah. One for every day of the week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So spirit jerseys galore right now. Interesting. I thought it was kind of interesting. They don't have any like welcome back merchandise. No, they don't, which is they're missing a chance to sell stuff. Which is not normal Disney there. They don't miss chances to make money usually. But yeah, so uh, first cruise back or something like that would be really cool. But they don't have it. They do. I didn't see any 2020 merch, though. I was kind of wondering if they do like, you know what? Maybe we're just going to push this out here. Maybe somebody will buy it half off. But we did not see that. I think they got rid of it all through the outlets and cast connections. So they're probably happy. Um, Same castaway bag. Yes, the... the the Castaway Club gift remains the blue sling bag. Like like with the eggs, they've had 18 months to figure something out. I, my, my, yeah, my guess is they actually might have gone and gotten a new Castaway Club gift, but now they've got a warehouse full of Castaway Club bags. So um, Castaway Club bags continue. Ours was promptly put into our suitcase, but so to, to add to the collection. So if anyone out there needs a Castaway Club bag, we can probably send you one. <laughs> um, you know, the capacity. That's the other thing we should talk about. Capacity on board. We've been hearing as few as like 900 folks on the last sailing. This sailing actually, you know, it feels, I don't think it feels full. I mean, Castaway Key is clearly very open and spacious, but I don't think it is a ghost town like I've heard of some of the other sailings. No. Well, the estimates we've heard around 15,000 or 100, not 15,000. That would be, <laughs> that's uh, two royal ships. Yeah, it it doesn't feel empty, but it is not crowded at all. It's it's very nice on Castaway, though. You've got Palo Dinner coming up, right? Is that tonight or tomorrow? That is tonight for Michelle's birthday. So we'll see how the new fixed course menu goes. And So we're Platinum Sailors, so we get Palo for free once a cruise. So um, since it's free, if we do the fixed course, that's covered 100% with our free Platinum thing. However, you can order a la carte. So then we have to do math. And I'm not good at math <laughs> when I'm not on vacation. And when I am on vacation, oof, don't make me multiply. With the a la carte, do they deduct? Will they deduct the, the 45 off so that you're just paying the difference? Yeah, yeah. So this kind of <laughs> like we have a per diem of $45 type of thing. So, but if I spend only 37, I don't think they hand me, you know, eight back. <laughs> Onboard credit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Um, that, that, that's the other thing, I guess, the other thing to note is so we've got, well, we've got Palo Brunch tomorrow morning. We will see if that actually works out. We've got to uh, put Nathan, get Nathan onto the island and into Scuttles Cove and then back to the ship for, for brunch. And then I think we will have to have a, a pretty record-breaking brunch service in order to uh, then get back to Scuttles Cove to get him out before the two and a half hour time limit. So it'll be a bit of a, a race, I think. Uh, I'm sure it'll work out. The app. You noticed no way to get an onboard navigator outside of the app. I tried. I tried. But uh, 
which, you know, everybody's got smartphones in their mind and that's great and all. I really like the paper navigator because I'm old grump. But uh, when the power went out on the island, guess what we couldn't access? The navigator. Paper doesn't get affected by power outages. So there's my comment card already. Everybody knows now. I will say the look and feel of the app is nice and it's new. Same old experience from the standpoint of finding activities and favoriting them. I haven't seen like a like the interface is not adopted a way for you to see side by side kind of stuff. The chat feature with guest services is nice, although I had some issues with it. I, I listened to someone complain at guest services today about their issues with it, which is the same as mine, where it was I would get in line, I'd get down to number one and then it'd say, oops, something went wrong and it would pop me up to number 47 and then I'd have to wait again. But once I got to guest services, you know, through the chat, it was fine. Although I will say both of my inquiries ended with it'd be great if you could come down to guest services. <laughs> and so it's sort of like this chat feature is not really working as well as I would hope. So, uh, but I, the app, the new app is good. Anything else before we wrap up day one here, Doug, that you've, uh, you've noticed or experienced on board that you want to share? You know, lots of stickers and dots on the ground. They, they're, it's, you know, if you've been to Disney World in the last year, you knew how that worked, even though Disney World's already gotten rid of all theirs. But uh, lots of, lots of that sort of stuff. Overall, mass compliance is pretty good. There are still certain people that think their nose needs to be seen but i mean we just all need to work together to make sure the cruise industry stays out of the news wear your mask correctly yeah somebody asked us the other day they said uh do we feel safer at walt disney world or on the cruise and i think i definitely feel safer on the cruise i think the level of protocol they have in place with multiple testing or vaccination mass compliance seems really strong on board I've noticed it fall down in a few places. They made a big announcement this morning that you had to have your masks on for transportation on the island and no one no one was enforcing that. Uh, we were sitting right behind somebody without their masks on and then they actually put someone in the row in between us and another row. So, you know, in some places, I think the protocols are starting to slide a little bit. I would say on board the ship, though, that's pretty pretty militant. Washing hands, they're going to funnel you in to wash your hands. They're going to funnel you in to, uh, to do a bunch of stuff. So, so yeah, so it... it we have a guest. Oh, we have a guest. Well, with guests joining us in Cabana number 21, we will uh, we'll sign off here and we'll uh, maybe we'll record a little bit more tomorrow on uh, second day uh, second day thoughts. So yeah, all right, we will sign off now and uh, go back to enjoying the sun. Hey, DCL Duo fans, just want to take this opportunity to break in our episode to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. Uh, we use Touring Plans Travel to book our own fabulous Disney vacations and Disney Cruise Line vacations, including the cruise we're talking about right now. And so we love the experience and expertise we get from our travel specialist over at Touring Plans Travel. And best of all, it doesn't cost us anything extra to benefit from that experience and expertise because Disney pays our travel specialist after we travel. So if you want to benefit from the great service that we get from Touring Plans Travel, just head over to touringplans.com travel. You can get a free quote from them for your next Disney vacation or really any cruise or land-based vacation. And uh, just let them know that DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And we know you get a great experience from Touring Plans Travel because they really put the guest ahead of the experience. They want to make sure you get the best vacation possible. And so they're not there to sell you a specific product so much as to make sure that you get the, the best vacation that fits your family's needs. So with that, just want to thank Touring Plans Travel one more time. And now back to my conversation with Doug. All right, we are back. 
at home. Sadly. (laughs) Unfortunately, our cruise is over. Doug and I are both back at home, but we wanted to reconnect. We didn't get a chance to catch up on the ship, which is not surprising because on a three night cruise, it's hard to fit everything in. We ran into each other a few times, but never really had the time to sit down and record our thoughts. So here we are. We want to give our impressions overall about the cruise and also wanted to chat with Doug about some things that he experienced that we didn't. Uh, For example, I think, Doug, you can educate our listeners a lot about the flag on the back of the ship, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I learned the flag comes down as soon as you leave port and it comes back up as soon as you're in port. I did not know that is only up when you're in port and it's a full time job fixing it so that it's hanging correctly off the after the ship for everyone's pictures. I don't know if we said on the last recording, but you were staying in a room on the aft of the ship that had a pretty expansive balcony, but it also happened to be where the flag is situated. Yeah, Sam got to see it. You never did come by and see it, did you? Yeah, I was kind of always watching our son. So what was the room like back there? I mean, it's a pretty unique room and has a huge balcony. What was it like? The room itself was normal. It just didn't have the pull-down bunk or berth, so it only slept three. But otherwise, it was typical stateroom, flip bath, all that sort of stuff. But the balcony was just as big as the stateroom or the veranda, sorry. I mean, it was huge. And it, it's white walled, so it's technically a navigator, so you can't, no plexiglass because it's all steel back there. But yeah, the flag comes up off the end because you're in the absolute center of the ship, which puts you right over, you know, the props and a lot of vibration, a lot of vibration when you're underway. Well, I was pretty jealous because I think you had a pretty amazing view of Castaway Key and we were there twice and the ship backs in to dock at Castaway Key. So being right there on the back, I'm assuming you got some pretty awesome views of Castaway. That was pretty cool. You get to watch them throw the lines. They actually shoot them with a little gun. They don't throw them. Yeah, it would be a long throw, but uh, it was kind of cool watching them tie the ship up and us back in, especially when leaving port and how much that turns the water over when they go from like one or two knots to like, okay, we're going 14. It's like stirs it all up. So, you know, I've always said like in Venice, they're anti-cruise ship. And I'm like, there's so much water traffic in Venice. How can we blame cruise ships so much? But then seeing how we just went full throttle and like what it did to the water, I'm like, oh, maybe just a speed restriction on the cruise ships would do it, Venice. Well, when we last left our intrepid Disney Cruise Line fans, we were finishing up a day in the Grand Cabana at Castaway Key. And I know you and Michelle had dinner at Palo that evening, and we didn't get to experience any of the adult uh, dinners on board because we wanted to do the dining rotation. So curious, what was Palo dinner like? And this was your first time, right? Uh, yeah, I've only ever done brunch. So first time doing dinner, breaking the seal on that. And Now they have a fixed menu for $45 or you can order a la carte. And so we're platinum. And so you get a free Palo meal. So now for platinum, basically you get like, here's your $45, spend it however you want, except on alcohol. So um, Michelle uh, did the fixed menu and you get to pick one of everything and, you know, appetizer, salad, entree, dessert. And there's a couple choices for each. And I think it could make 99% of people happy. I wanted to just, you know what? I'm only here once right now. I'm going to order something weird. And so I went for the um, veal roast and bone marrow. That's, they don't call it that. It's in Italian. It's like osoboco. Oh, uh, osoboco. Yes. I'm butchering it because my Italian is non-existent. But uh, um, so I I went for that and that was very good. 
And then I also had an appetizer calamari and then the chocolate souffle because that's what you have to get at Paolo dinner is the chocolate souffle. And it lived up to all the hype. Yeah, those souffles are great for sure. I mean, the the only quibble I ever have with Palo Dinner is that they don't have kind of the full range of the Italian food offerings that they have at brunch, like the chicken parm or the lasagna. And, you know, sometimes I think that'd be nice to have at dinner as well. I wouldn't mind having a chicken parm or a lasagna. Just I love those at brunch. And so I did miss that. How was your brunch? Because you hadn't had that yet when we saw you. That was the next day. How was it? It was good. I mean, we have a review out from our last episode where we did a full kind of trip report. And look, overall, the brunch was good. I thought the menu format for the brunch was fine. It's not the same experience you usually get with the buffet and the menu. And, you know, they were definitely missing some of the fan favorites off the brunch menu. So no arancini, no caviar, no uh, Palo sticky buns, caramel sauce, which is my personal favorite. No huge dessert buffet either. It was, you know, really just the antipasta plate. Uh, we were able to order a pizza in addition to some Italian dishes. And, you know, we split the pizza, had the Italian dishes and then dessert. Um, I do know they're holding back some pastries right now. So they have some like almond croissants and stuff like that, that you can order. They were recommending ordering them, you know, at the end of your brunch is kind of like a dessert. So stuff exists, but you know, I hope over time they kind of return to the more normal Palo brunch. I understand why they're not doing it now. If they're going to stick with the menu format, I'm okay with that. But I, I hope they bring back or find a way to bring back some of those fan favorites that were missing. I mean, did you put the sticky buns on your comment card? <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. Well, I, I should have. How are we sure. getting back, Ryan? Yeah, you got yeah. a comment card that. I was actually effusive with my praise on my comment card because we had such a fabulous time on the cruise that, you know, not having the picky bun. You know, not having the sticky buns was just, you know, it was a minor inconvenience overall uh, in the vacation. So we actually didn't go back on to Castaway Key the second day. We, we did put our son into the kids club and then pick him up, but we didn't actually hang out on Castaway Key. We decided to come back on board and hang out on the pool deck to experience the ship a bit since we didn't have a sea day. But but you and Michelle made it on to Castaway Key. What? How, how was day two of Castaway? And I think when we saw you later, you had made it over to Serenity Bay. How was it over there? We got off fairly early. We weren't the first tram over there, but maybe the second. Um, quiet. I think that's a big word to use for Serenity Bay. Plenty of people by the time lunch rolled around. But uh, you can't move the chairs. So the lifeguard spent most of their time telling people not to move the chairs. Like you can move them a few inches, feet, but they're set up to keep everybody social distance. Well, in the past, everybody take the little chair and drag it down and put it in the water and sit in the water, right? And now they're not letting you do that. Oh, it was a constant struggle. And people like, but I did it on my last cruise. This isn't your last cruise, you know, type of. Yeah, you could tell the lifeguard was pretty tired of saying that. So hopefully word gets out that you just can't do that right now. But otherwise, it was great. I went out. I swam a little bit. I floated around. Michelle talked to the waiter, the bartender guy for quite a while. He looked bored. So she she chatted with him for like 20 minutes while I just floated in the ocean like a, a log. That was great. And then we ate lunch over there because we wanted to experience that. And let me just tell you, go early because there's like cookies got you in and out, got your food. It was great, right? And lots of people and they knew how to move you through. Serenity Bay moves at island speed. And sometimes that's not the best thing because they like take one person in, get their food, and then, and then like the net. Like 
It's like, okay, guys, let's let's move this along a little better. We can have two or three people in that space, but they have steak. So that's the big thing over there. Well, they used to have lobster. Did they have did they have lobster? No. They had steak. Still steak. Um, which is still more than cookies, but uh, it was good. They, the seagulls were very aggressive. How was the the seating? Because cookies was pretty regimented, moved you in and out pretty quick. But we heard some reports that Serenity Bay may be a little bit less stringent on the social distancing. I'll I'll say that the the picnic tables are spread out plenty far. However, I can see where at a certain point we ate like we're like the third people through there. I mean, we rope drop stuff, right? And I could see where in an hour. Someone might be like, well, I guess I'm sitting down at your picnic table. I could see that happening, but we were super spread out when we were eating. The things that were closest to us were seagulls. Well, I know we ran into you later in the day on your way back from Serenity Bay as we were getting our son from Scuttles and heading back to the ship ourselves. But uh, what did you guys do when you got back on board? What did you get up to? Did you do any of the onboard activities or yeah, what, what occupied your afternoon? think I took a nap. Pretty confident. I fixed the flag a lot so that it looked good in people's pictures. Um, I actually waved at the Raises family from the veranda. So that's basically it for a little while. We took, took a little break, more or less, and uh, got out of the sun. We did go play some trivia where I think some people cheated. But, you know, you got to grade your own paper right now because you can't <laughs> pass papers around. People were suspiciously good. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, went to the show that night. And Yeah. So what did you think of the show? Sam went to the kind of mid-afternoon show, I think, the matinee showing, and had some technical difficulties. But how was it for you? No, everything went fine. It was uh, smooth sailing, just like it's supposed to be. We've seen it before. So it seemed just like everything was there and working by that last show of the sailing. So that's good. Well, I know we had the same dining rotation for the cruise. I'm I'm curious, anything stand out for you at any of the restaurants in the rotation or anything about dining that really stood out for you and Michelle uh, during your cruise? Um, we skipped Royal because we went to Palo. That's the first time we've ever missed a rotation. We felt like I uh, did something dirty. And then we went to uh, Animators was good. Michelle and I both have our favorites there that we've get. Cruise after cruise after cruise. And one of the nice things is Animators is on every ship until the wish comes out and messes with that. Come on. I like my consistency. I feel home in Animators. But so our screen in front of us crush, the audio wasn't working. So he came to talk to us and it sounded like someone talking through a broken uh, fast food ordering device. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and that was, it was bad. And so they like shut it down, reboot windows. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our screen. But uh, other than that, but I think there was only one other family looking at that screen. I'm pretty sure they had cruised several times too. So nobody seemed too concerned, but it was, it was good. It was exactly what I wanted, exactly what I needed. It was just like every other Disney cruise food wise. Yeah, I did not see any fault or find any fault with the food on board the cruise. I thought they were exactly the way they were before they stopped sailing. And in fact, I think they improved a couple of dishes while they were away. Like our server brought us a penne pasta that seemed particularly good and you know better than we remember it ever being before. Yeah, that's what that's what I always get is the penne pasta. So did you try it? Did you uh, did you think it was any different, uh, any better than what you remember it being? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, it's got a little spice too of the meat, and the sausage in there. I think I don't know. It, it was good, and I like the bread 
that comes with it. And I don't know. It's just, it's good. It's filling. Eventually you get tired of really fancy food and you just need some pasta. You know, another thing we didn't get to do on board because we had our son with us was experience some of the adult areas and adult entertainment at night. Uh, since you and Michelle were sailing without the kids, did you get to experience any of that? You would think we would have, but we did not. Um, you know, sometimes we glanced into things and it's like, ah, there's a lot of people in there drinking maskless when we passed. So we just, we kind of went, yeah. I think in a couple weeks when the rules change on who can cruise with certain things, I don't think we would have thought twice. Knowing the number of people that were unvaccinated adults on the sailing, we're like, mm, pass. So there was a couple times we poked our heads in and we're like, um, no. The last night we did go up to Meridian and have a drink out on the balcony. I thought that was a fantastic location because you're outside, great service, a little bit of breeze, see the moon in the distance. So yeah, and pre-COVID times, that was like our favorite place to watch the fireworks because you oh, could yeah. sit out there, have a drink, watch the fireworks without all the craziness from the pool decks. Did you enjoy the fireworks? We did, you know, shorter show than what I'm used to, yeah, but for sure. I'm okay with that. And I'm also okay with the fact that it was show up, get on your spot, show starts. I didn't feel like I had to get there an hour early to get a decent spot to see the fireworks. We're not huge party, you know, like dance party fans. So the fact that it's like watch the fireworks and then you're free to go about the rest of your evening was great. I thought the fireworks show was nice. It was short. I hope maybe they get a longer again at some point in the future. I did appreciate that a carnival ship was trailing pretty close by to catch our fireworks. Yeah, they knew what they're doing. Yeah. If you, if you look out the port side, you'll see some spontaneous port fireworks. Glad we could bring those to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we liked the show. It was good. It was not like the cruise long enough. Yeah. But it was a nice little taste of the fireworks. You know, I do wonder, they only offered it twice, and I do not feel like half the ship was up there watching. So I'm trying to figure out, was there a capacity limitation, or did they know that most people would not attend? I mean, they had people, lots of dots in lots of places on two different decks. Yeah, but I don't think half the ship was watching for sure. I, I think not everybody went to pirate fireworks, right? And, you know, I could see a lot of people skipping it and seeing like, ooh, while everybody else is fireworks, I can do X, Y, Z. But you weren't at fireworks very long. Yeah, like end to end, getting there, watching the show and leaving was like 10 to 15 minutes max. I mean, the fireworks display itself had to only be about five minutes total. Yes, five minutes, maybe. I like the music choices, though. I think that's better than just the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack. Because let's be honest, if how many people are actually Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack fans versus how many people on a Disney ship are going to be okay with a wish is a heart or wait, a dream is a wish your heart makes, right? Like it makes more sense. It just does. Yeah, I completely agree. I liked the music a lot better this time around. And, you know, Sam and I on our first cruise were all in on Pirate Night. But I'd say after that, Pirate Night is not really our favorite. It's usually our night when we go to Palo, to be perfectly honest. And then we hop off uh, at dessert uh, on the back deck there to watch the fireworks. So, you know, I know some people love Pirate Night. Uh, did not really seem to have it on the cruise this time around in any sort of formal way. But I feel like I did spot some people, you know, dressing up a little bit for Pirate Night like they would have in the past. There was some people in their pirate costumes that night. Yeah, I kind of was like, oh, OK, I feel for you a little bit. I did not miss the pirate show before it, 
or the Disney character pirate show that's way before that. Like there's like three different things you had to attend on pirate night. It was work. A lot of work. Yeah, they I mean, they also used to have a pirate buffet. Yeah, that I did miss. We need that. That don't don't kill that. We could do a, any kind of midnight buffet. It's a cruise ship. Well, yeah. I mean, it used to be the only opportunity to get Mexican food on board. I know. Why can't we have Mexican on the cruise? Well, I, it, it's coming with the with the wish. We'll get Mexican food with the wish. It should be empanadas all day, every day. <laughs> Well, Doug, I did want to get your overall impressions about safety on board. I mean, I, we talked about this a little bit on our show this week, and um, I know you mentioned passing by some of the adult venues and making your own calculus. And so, I mean, everyone looks at this differently, but how did you feel about safety on board the ship? Yeah, so I'm over the top on the COVID safety thing for people that know me. I err on the side of the side of side of caution, right? Which I'm sure someone's going to hear that and be like, but you went on a cruise. Well, from where I live, where there are no COVID restrictions whatsoever, the cruise ship is much safer. So I'll just say that Um, the Midwest does not believe in COVID. So I felt very safe the whole time. There was a few times where I was like, are they really not going to tell those people to put their masks on? Like, that's a rule. Like, Like, if this is cruise number four and we're not enforcing that already, I'm worried that cruising could have an outbreak. That's my biggest concern. I felt safe. I we were in our cabana spread out. Like was that was great. We're outside most of that time. Yeah, just a couple of those times the adult areas got a little crowded and a lot of drinking. And that's I mean, we know that can be the catalyst for things. But knowing that people are tested and vaccinated, it helps. It was interesting to me that we, you know, we talked to someone who was on the first sailing, someone who was on the second sailing. I think this was the fourth sailing. Yeah, I think fourth. Yeah. And you can tell the points where things had started to depart from the original protocols they put in place. I mean, even on the ship, they announced if you're on the tram on Castaway Key, You have to wear a mask. And then on the tram, very few people were wearing a mask and no one was really enforcing it, at least in our experience. So I think it's funny to your point earlier in the show, they're being really militant about not moving the chairs around. And there's like nobody on Castaway Key and people were spread out. And so it felt like not the place to invest your energy, whereas, you know, mask compliance feels like a place to invest your energy. Yeah. Keeping your mask on during trivia is where you need to be concerned in an inside bar a type of area, not the keeping your chairs from moving around. It was also Michelle's birthday, and we went to guest services to ask for a birthday button. We were told they could not do birthday buttons because that was part of the CDC's guidelines. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Can you just sanitize the birthday button and hand it to me? Right. Like, like, but you just handed me a pen to sign something and a piece of paper. Like, literally, that's just as bad as the birthday button. But, like, I've also read the CDC guidelines because when they came out, I'm a big nerd. And I'm like, I don't remember seeing a birthday button. But, hey, whatever excuse you have because you didn't order them in time or they're all stuck on the fantasy, I don't know. It has to be something like that. I don't, I just can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, the one place I was sort of really impressed because it relied solely on guests doing the right thing was the elevators. I mean, elevators are normally pretty crowded on cruise ships because people don't like to wait. So they press into the elevator, but people this time around were really respecting the 
two people or one party boundary. I did not see anyone try to like push into an elevator we were using, but I'm, I, I mean, I'm curious what you experienced, Doug. Yeah. Uh, nobody ever hopped in with us and we're just a party of two. So, you know, it was two people uh, or one party, right? And nobody ever just like, Hey, and jumped in on our Royal cruise back in July. There was a couple times people jumped in with us and when they do that, they, everybody would hold up their little purple wristband because on Royal vaccinated people get purple wristbands. And so they are ah, vaccinated and hop in. Um, Grant, that was back in early July when the world was a different place. But uh, yeah. So, Doug, as we wrap up here, I, you know, I'm curious what your disembarkation process was like, because I think you and Michelle rope drop disembarkation, as we should have suspected. But uh, I'll say our disembarkation process was pretty smooth. I mean, I I will say I never saw the virtual queue that we were supposed to join to get a disembarkation time. So we went down to the lobby expecting, you know, to have to wait to disembark in a queue. But, you know, we never saw the disembarkation virtual queue. So we never joined one. We got down there. The cast member was sort of like, just walk off whenever you feel like. And so, you know, we walked off, we waited in a little line to tap out. But after that, we got into the luggage room. It was empty. And really, you know, the only thing preventing us from getting out faster was how fast our son could walk. And so, you know, we walked right up to Customs and Border Security, you know, went right through, got to the car. I'd say the whole process took maybe 10 minutes door to door for us to get off the ship into the car. Yeah. So we made a boarding group for Rise of the Resistance on our veranda at seven. (laughs) Yeah, we, we got ours from bed. Excellent. We picked up our shutters pictures at by 705 and we were in our car by like 712 and when we were in the atrium i was coming back down the stairs with the shutters thing they announced all right tinkerbell can now disembark and that was our color oh yeah that was us too we were we were tinkerbell i think half the ship was tinkerbell and the luggage area when we got through there we're looking at like uh i'm guessing nobody checked bags because it was empty, but then there was only what fourteen hundred something on the ship, or so that's not what you're used to with the Disney Dream at all. So, and the parking garage, yeah, it was empty except we had two cars like right next to us. I'm like, how did they even get out of their vehicle? But you know, otherwise it was empty. All right, Doug. The big question, because you are the rope drop expert. How long did it take you door to door to get from the cruise ship to Hollywood Studios? Oh, you have to go and ask the hard questions, Brian. I mean, I could I can look at my photos and figure this out, but uh, we were there on the back end of rope drop. So the first picture I took in Hollywood Studios, walking halfway down the street. So this is after a bathroom stop. We rope dropped the bathroom. Is at eight thirty four. So we got in the car at what I say, 715, 720. I did make one really wrong turn. I just zipped right on past the 417 exit. So then we had to basically drive through the airport to get back to 417. So we could have been there maybe five minutes faster if I wouldn't have been so busy talking about things and watching the road. Well, still impressive. <laughs> Normally, we're the ones who want to be dragged off the ship at the end of the cruise because we it's too short for us. So very impressive how quickly you were able to make it from cruise ship to Disney World. Well, Doug, as we wrap up here at the end, I guess uh, anything else stand out for you about the cruise that we haven't touched on? I mean, for me, the only thing that stands out was it was far too short, but I don't know if there's anything we haven't chatted about that you wanted to 
tell our listeners. And uh, yeah, I mean, the only other regret I have is that uh, somehow you and I managed to never get a selfie together. No, so, we did. Yeah. How I got home, and I'm like, did I not take pictures? Like, I never got a picture with you. And I, I was like, I, we just hit the camera. Michelle took like one selfie of everybody on the beach. Like when the raises had floated over and we had the whole group there. But what was wrong? What, the, the power was out on the island, but our phone still worked for photos. I don't know, Brian. We screwed that up. We're going to have to do it again, <laughs> darn it. For sure. For sure. It's just a reason for us to get back on another Disney cruise sometime soon, right? Yeah. Uh, no, it was great. It felt like a Disney cruise characters everywhere. I And the nice thing about not having to hug the characters or autograph the characters, other than there's no awkward pictures of me, is that the line just clicks right along, right? You don't have that kid that can't open their autograph book and drops the pen and, the, you know, it just keeps it moving. Well... Doug, it was just really great to be able to chat with you, talk about something that we got to experience together for once. And so uh, just really appreciate you coming on and spending some time. And for all our listeners out there, I should say you can find Doug and his uh, great podcasting co-host, Derek, over at Rope Drop Radio, any place that you listen to your podcast. We subscribe to Rope Drop Radio and love it. And in full disclosure, our travel specialist from Touring Plans Travel is a sponsor of their show, Michelle McKnight. And uh, so shout out to her because because she helped us uh, get on board this cruise to begin with. So anyway, Doug, just thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. Well, I just want to thank Doug one more time for coming on and shout out again to Rope Drop Radio. It is a great podcast. I hope you will head over and check it out. If you don't listen already, I have a feeling many of our listeners out there already subscribed to Rope Drop Radio. But if you're among those who do not, it is a great podcast. Disney podcast, a great parks focused podcast. And so I love, love, love their show. So head over, check it out. With that, we do have another five star review that I want to read on the air this week. It comes from Podcast Away K, who writes, Great for new cruisers and all Disney fans. I subscribe to many podcasts and it's hard to make time for all of them. After listening to a few episodes, I knew I had to make room for the DCL duo. I'm planning my first Disney cruise and I'm picking up many tips from Sam, Brian, and all of their guests. The podcast quality is top notch and the conversations are always a fun listen. I like that the podcast sometimes goes into cruise adjacent topics like travel, theme parks, and all things Disney. Well, thank you so much, Podcast Away K. We really appreciate the feedback. And uh, now that cruising's back, we're hoping to stick a little bit more in our swim lane. But, uh, you know, we've got some ABD adventures coming up and some cruises on some other cruise lines. So we're always excited to bring you that content. In fact, we got an ABD show coming out soon about uh, South Africa that we recorded. So love those Disney signature experiences, which is where Disney Cruise Line sits, I guess. So anyway, thank you for the great review. With that, I do want to, as always, thank all of our listeners out there this week. We really do appreciate each and every one of you for listening to the show. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. We love hearing the feedback. We love reading them on the air. So if you want to hear your review on the air someday soon, then head over there leave us a five-star review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo 
fans and cruisers like yourself. Or you can head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. Just browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo. Our Alani video is up right now. Head over there, check it out. Hoping to get a video up about our dream cruise here pretty soon. So if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, you can also browse over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. I, I got to send a special shout out to our Patreons. We really appreciate each and every one of you out there every month. So thank you for helping to defray the cost of the show. The DCL Duo podcast and blog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney Family of Theme Parks. Views expressed in the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Thank you.